Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I am your host, Will McFadden, and joining me today is former Falcons fullback, Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, what's up, dude? Not much, my friend. I'm doing good. Doing real good. I'm uh, fresh back from Vegas, so uh, um, it's it's been a very long day back in Atlanta with the time change, but I uh, unfortunately had this day made longer by the Falcons. Hopefully the, the Braves will make it shorter and uh, we can talk about something happy. Yes, we will make this shorter because we got to get to said Braves um, and we don't need to linger necessarily too long on the aforementioned Falcons because man like what what else is there to say that was it was a bummer of a game to watch uh it's mm-hmm. not necessarily the most exciting game to talk yeah. about uh unfortunately yeah. Obi, I was I was back in Mercedes-Benz yeah. Stadium for the first time uh since the 2019 season I guess but I was also at Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the first time Sitting in a stand, not in the press box. That's cool. Uh, ever since yeah. I yeah, I joined joined the Falcons in 2017. So every single time I've been to a Falcons game in the the home stadium, it's been up in the press box. We got uh, an opportunity to kind of watch the game from right near midfield, lower section. Um, it was awesome. I went with my wife, my mom, um, and and a longtime neighborhood friend, but man not not the not the best game to go to uh not not the, the no. most uh exciting high octane game um what i mean what were your overall thoughts just on uh maybe their worst honestly their worst showing of the year probably it's uh it's bad when our um automatic kickers missing uh kicks that's we know right? things are yeah. really going off the tracks like it's just Everybody, that's, that's what our coach always say. Like, you, you can't have the, oh, well, I only made one mistake because if everyone offense goes around making one mistake every single play, we don't go anywhere. We, we don't yeah. have any progress. We, we don't win. And it was like everybody was taking their own turns doing the whole my bad, my mistake. You know, I got it this time. And uh, it, it was so unfortunate for a team that was uh, the game shoots and ladders. Like, it, 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 one team was on the rise. One team was struggling. And we mentioned it's not the Saints robbery, but there is a certain divisional robbery that comes with it to where you yep. never know what's going to happen. And you we always know today. that you're going to get their best shot. And they gave us that. And it was, oh, it did. It did. You know what? I have been talking, you know, I've been, you've been with me for a while now. <laughs> I talk a lot about swagger, intensity, grit. And the whole back in my day when I was with Harvey Dahl and Claybo, we used to have yeah. this, this not this toughness, but there was a little bit of fear when people played us because they thought we were dirty, thought we were going after knees and ankles. We weren't, but we were going to play to the whistle and a little bit through that whistle. And there is a little bit of, I always say fear, maybe trepidation. They, they, they just uncomfortable when we were out there. Yeah. They knew that we were always on, always coming, and that we were trying to not hurt people, but to – just maybe hurt people. Yeah, we try to, to hit them so hard that it hurts. Absolutely. Uh, and a couple of the hits were, I think, 
culture-defining hits for the Falcons. The, the, you know, the, the hits that uh, Foyer made, I think the other one was Dion, the big one that showed slow motion. That's when you're yep. like, ooh. Like, if you're watching that and you're the next team, you're like, ooh, damn. They, those boys hitting. Those boys running. Those boys, yeah. you know, are falling through. Like, you know, you don't want to be at the end of that. You know, some teams, they hit. Some teams, they hit. So that was one of the, the few bright spots I saw from the team. But besides that, the rest of it was, was some doo-doo. It was some dookie. It was it, it. It made me upset because I I flew back from Vegas looking forward to a Braves win and a Falcons win. So the Falcons, yeah, you know, we already know what happened. Uh, Braves got to come through because it was so so ugly. Braves got a chance. Uh, by the time you hear this podcast, you will know whether or not they uh, actually did come through. Um, but before we dive into what we know is uh, an unfortunate. 19 to 13 Falcons loss. Let's hear a quick word from today's sponsor. We know you're listening to a football podcast, but basketball season is firing right back up and the Hawks are good now. Who, I mean, who's excited for that? So just wanted to take a second and let you guys all know that Bet Online has a new web interface for the start of the basketball season along with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. I mean, what else do you want there? So check it out this basketball season, and who knows, maybe uh, make a few smart bets on the Hawks while you're at it. I think this could be a really fun year, guys. Trey Young could be the real deal here in Atlanta, and this is a really good young team. So just remember that BetOnline remains your number one spot for all of the basketball and football action this season. So head to the new updated desktop or mobile website, to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BLEAVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your welcome bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. So remember, BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, so shortly as... Let me let me paint the picture for you, Ovi. Uh, we parked the car in the yellow lot. I'm not sure if you uh, are familiar with the yep. yellow lot, but it is, uh, you know, across street, about a eh, three quarters, uh, three tenths of a mile, I should say, from Mercedes Benz Stadium. Uh, nice, lovely walk uphill. If you choose to uh, take the low road, take the high road, you oh. got a couple stairs, but what have you? We parked the car. On that walk, I get the notification that Calvin Ridley is among the inactives for today's game. And I, at first, yeah. I shocked. I, honestly, I, it, was, it was totally out of left field. No indication whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, I, I had just texted a, a friend of mine who had put together a, an incredible video on AtlantaFalcons.com, The Art of Route Running, starring Calvin Ridley. They sat down for for interviews. Mm -hmm. They'd done a featured piece on just how good of a route runner he is, all of this stuff. And then lo and behold, on on Sunday, he's inactive. And it comes out later that that it's for, you know, the the same mental health reasons that he had previously missed the Jets game in London. And again, you know, you like first and foremost, the most important thing is that he gets the help that he needs, you know, that he needs to be in a good place. But this is now from a purely football standpoint. And that's 
where you and I have to kind of come at this from because, you know, we wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't, on the one hand, talk about, yes, Calvin, the individual who who I've gotten the great chance to talk to in, in the past. And I think he's an incredible athlete and I wish nothing but the best for him, but he's got to do what's right for him. That that's that's over here. And and we, of course, like that, that's how we both feel 100 percent. But we have to talk about how it impacts the team. And this is now two games, one of which Mm. you lost. And it was clear that Mm. the Falcons really missed Calvin Ridley out there with the offense. Um, You're you're absolutely right. Uh, And it's something to where uh, we mentioned this the first time this got brought up that he has to do what's best for him and his family. Because unfortunately, at the end of the day, as much as these fans love you and, you know, your agent, your financial advisor, yeah. your publicist, they all like, oh, we love you. Um, in 5, 10, 15, 20 years, most of them won't be around. Most of them yep. won't be calling you, checking up on you. Most of them won't be, you know, uh, uh, there for you. So you got to be there for yourself and your family, uh, first and foremost. Uh, the guys with, uh, you know, concussion issues, dealing with CT earlier on, it was just it, it was difficult for them to understand that making the decision that is best for you is, is it's okay. Now it's um, difficult at the time because you can't fathom saying no to millions of dollars and fame and fortune, but millions of dollars, fame and fortune mean nothing. If you don't have peace, if you don't have yep. happiness, if you don't, if you can't, you know, look yourself in the mirror and be happy on the person looking back at you, all that money means nothing. And I know personally, you know, being retired almost 10 years now, several players, millions, tens of millions of dollars, and they are miserable. And, uh, yeah, yeah, every time we say that, there are, you know, people who like, I'll take those problems, I'll take those problems. But you you, you really wouldn't because it, it, it eats at them in such a way that where the depression, the anxiety, not saying that those are what he's dealing with, but whatever mental health issues he's dealing with, right. it's obviously right. bad enough to where – he can't focus on football. So like you mentioned, on, on the one hand, we have to absolutely say, Calvin, do what's best for you. As a for, as a fellow player, I'm like, hey, do what's best for you. These, these guys, unfortunately, I won't say they don't have your best interest in mind, but they have to also consider the best interest of the team, not just Calvin Ridley's best interest. But um, and, and I'm going to go back to what I touched on before. Now, there are some players who have an old school mentality that just like how – Hey, your best ability is your availability. If you're always yep. hurt every single year, or if you're, you know, not playing through stuff, and you're like, hey man, can I trust you? Can I count on you? We've been working on this package. We've been working on, you know, the scheme. We've been working on technique, and you're a big part of that. So I, 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 I yeah, don't, don't know the details, but the fact that he did this Sunday morning, and even his coaches and teammates didn't even know that he was not going to be out. It's it's rough, and there are definitely some players in there that, that aren't happy about the way this has turned out because they want to win games. They want to win championships. They, yeah. they wish Calvin the best, but it's hard to win when you don't know week in, week out, if somebody is going to be there next to you and to be fully there. So I, I think the Falcons are in a rock and a hard place. Now, again, publicly, they're it's easy. They just say all the right things, but – professionally on a business level, they're between a rock and a hard place because it's, it's a very difficult situation they're now put in and they can't really, and I, I, I'm curious to see how um, 
contract wise, you deal with the mental health part. Now, there are several rules yeah. about physical health. If you get injured, you know, you can't play um, IR, you can come back yeah, yep. and, you know, all that good stuff. But with this, will will they pay him? Do they have to pay? Him? Will they take the money away from him? Will they find him? Will they like what happens? So this is a, a very interesting piece that I, I, I'm very curious to see how the league and the Falcons deal with. Yeah, I mean, it really, truly is kind of pushing some barriers here uh, in terms of what do you define as an injury? What do you define as, as yeah. a health issue? What do you like? What what falls under the umbrella of yeah? Because then that even leads to the much bigger issue of concussions and and the whole mental side of yes. injuries and the link to that. Absolutely. You know, what are they? What's the league willing to admit is part of the game and part of you know what what constitutes the impact of of playing this sport um i mean that's wow <laughs> that's a rabbit hole that we probably can't afford to go down to uh, down I mean, tonight think but, about it. but yeah yeah well, we'll that's what's on the line uh, just here. imagine if guys yeah imagine if guys took turns saying you know what I'm not playing sunday you know what i'm not playing uh two for now i i need a mental health break 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 and that's not what the league, the owners, or these GMs want, or the coaches. It's not what they want. And they're not going to say that. You know, they, they, they can't publicly say that. But it will be a nightmare if players realize or if well, they give if, players I think if, if the players left ability and right to start, the, If players left and right just start going off and, and saying, I need a mental health break, I need a mental health break, I, I do think at that point the league would address it. Well... I mean, it, it, it starts uh, like a tri- as, a, as a trickle first, then it, the dam breaks because it, it's just crazy <laughs> to me to think that you can have no repercussions and say, you know what, I'm sad. I, I'm, you know, not too happy and, and stuff like that. And not diminishing in what Kyle was going through, but everybody's freaking sad. Everybody's on that team. Or not everybody, uh, uh, more than half the people there go through moments of depression and anxiety and you know some of them probably needed help but we're in a financial position to where they need this job they need this opportunity they need this contract year to work out and push past it so i i just it, it's just a really unique situation that probably won't be as unique in the years four from you know naomi osaka to you know uh, uh other tennis players michael phelps like there are a lot of athletes now um uh it, it's now something uh even even hayden hers right there on, on, the, on the falcons has, has yep. been an advocate for mental health it, it's something to, that now it could become more common which could become a nightmare for the team um but um it, it's going to stink for the falcons not having calvin ridley for you know who knows how long yeah i mean absolutely it it will sting uh offensively i mean it looked like they they didn't have um, they it looked like they weren't necessarily prepared to go into this game without Calvin. Um, but they weren't. We, we, <laughs> Why they look weren't. that way? Uh, yeah. I mean, they they they. It looked like they did not necessarily have a, a true game because Calvin has been incredibly successful against Panthers throughout his career. Um, but but again, the most important thing is is his mental well being and. I mean, I just kind of we're we're kind of living in a in a new generation, I think, where yes. this 
This is something where athletes are incredibly aware of, uh, I think, all of the what I mean, societally, right? Like this is a thing society has become much more aware, not only physically, but but very much mentally. You know, we're we're very much kind of yeah. engaged with how how is our psychological, mental well-being being affected by others, being affected by society, being affected by social media, all of these things. And of course, that trickles down to athletes. I mean, why wouldn't it? They're the gladiators in the arena. Society chooses them to be the focal point of their entertainment. And that's stressful. I mean, you live that life. That's a lot of pressure. And I I understand, Cal, like looking at the the issue that Calvin Ridley has now been kind of the the 1B to the all of the Julio drama that took place this past offseason. He's been now deemed the heir apparent yeah. because he was a fantasy football god over the yes. past couple of years. And everybody's yep. like, Calvin's yep. going to be the next Julio. That's a lot of pressure. There really yep. historically have not I been have many Julio Joneses. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And from that standpoint, we understand it. We get it. But again, the Falcons looked lost without Calvin. I mean, the Panthers being there, being able to watch what they were doing defensively, just doubled Kyle Pitts. Every time Matt Ryan looked his way, he was was covered. He was double teamed. He was looking Tajay Sharp's way. They ran the ball a lot. I think Arthur Smith understood, we're not going to win a high-scoring game here. We've got to slow this game down. We've got to muddy this game up. We've got to win a 14 to 12 game. And they tried to do that. And and they just missed a couple of key opportunities. But is that what it looked like to you? Yeah, it is. And um, I, I really um, feel like Arthur Smith, he had to earn his money today. He had to show that yeah, he could he be uh, a coach who could think um, on the fly, that can make the adjustments and that can find a way, not just only how to thrive without Calvin Ridley, but, but how to get your, your seat, your tight end, you know, Kyle Pitts open when he's double teamed. Cause again, we always say it, Julio got open when he was double teamed. Calvin yep. Ridley should be able to get open. Kyle Pitts should be able to get open. If Julio can do it and we want all you guys to fill those shoes, you got to learn to just expect to be doubled, to expect to be the guy and expect to, you know, to still show out. Russell Gage fell off. Uh, after getting some big plays uh, last game, people thinking, oh, Russell Gage is coming around. Uh, yeah, if, if someone told you he was inactive, you'd be like, yeah, he's, he, he may have been inactive. <laughs> uh, and Tajay Sharp, um, he, he got a lot of the passes that would have gone to Calvin Ridley, but he doesn't have that 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 yak, that yards after catch that Calvin Ridley could do, the explosiveness. He, led the, he led the offense, though, in, in receiving yards today. Tajay Sharp yeah. was no, the I'm, leading receiver yeah. in this game. I don't know if that's good or bad. Like, I, I mean, I'm glad that he's getting more touches, but I mean, I is that the guy that you want the ball in his hand no. to make no. game breaking plays? No, no. Like you mentioned, no. but you know, I'm glad he's mixing it up, but he has to do it by necessity. And, um, yeah. it's just, man, like I, here's a funny story. Will. um, um, obviously it's different because you know, when they hear this will be uh Halloween, but, uh, <laughs> when at the time we're filming this, it's Halloween, uh, took my daughter off to do the trick or treating, and I had uh, a couple parents. You know, they know, know I'm the football guy in the the neighborhood, and so they're all doing you know guy talk about uh, just football and the Falcons. 
And I, yeah. one of them, like two or three of them was like, I can't stand this league. It's so damn soft. It's soft. No more two-a-days, they're soft. You can't hit the quarterback, they're soft. You, you know, they want the, uh, you know, the defensive backs to don't hit them here, don't hit them here. Soft, 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 soft. Falcons playing soft. He's, and he was very crass about Calvin Ridley. He's like, Calvin Ridley's soft. He, he's like, Yo, if, I, if I had a chance to play the NFL, I wouldn't have you know me being sad keeping from there. I, I, I you know, have to give him perspective from a player's <laughs> point of view, but I understood where you're coming from. I understood yeah. he just they're just upset because like excuses is where the Falcons live. That's our happy place. We live in the excuse bill. Well, this happened and that happened, and we had some injuries, and we had this. And if we would have missed that kick or would have made that kick, and I'm just tired of the excuses. Like I mentally exhausted. I, I caught um the game. Uh I had to go in and out uh, you know, preparing for Halloween, but I watched enjoy the game and it just it was exhausting. Like I'm exhausted. Like, I, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. It's just I I I think now, especially with Calvin Ridley's uh uh you know exit or his, you know, us not knowing where he moves next. I think now I am not going to allow myself to believe ever again for the rest of the season. I'm not going to allow myself to believe that maybe we can stick to the playoffs. Maybe we can do this. Maybe we can do that. Nope, it's done. And I think me and the majority of Falcons fans feel that way. After this, good. Thank you for letting me know how I can feel about you. Thank you for, you know, you only get your feelings hurt if you have expectations. You know, uh, my, my wife uh, talks to uh other NFL wives and girlfriends, and she always told me, she's like, oh, these NFL players, yeah, they can be a little fickle. But if you don't expect shit from them, then you won't you ever get hurt. <laughs> I said, yeah, well, that's one way to look at it. And with the Falcon fans, if you don't expect them from the Falcons, you can't get hurt. But a lot of fans expected us after <laughs> our little streak or run to do something, and they are hurt today. Like social media, just like even the, the dads talking to me uh, uh Halloween, they were irritated, hurt, upset because – they made the mistake of believing once again these Falcons could do more than what they've done in years past. I I always like to think that I was just like a, a really just even keeled by nature type of person. Now I realize it's it's from just growing up in Atlanta because of course, yeah. dude, of course you don't get your expectations up. What are like what are we doing here? Of course you don't get your expectations up. That's why I've been sitting here saying, yeah, the Falcons are probably a seven and 10 team. Yeah. The Panthers are probably going to beat the Falcons. Like that, that this is Atlanta one Oh one. Yes. You what did. Are we call it? You, what you are we doing here? You this. I, yeah, oh, Jesus, man, I, I grew forgot. up in these you parts. I know what is happening. I understand the assignment. I get it. I know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> but what I want to ask you, Ovi, oh, is, is when somebody sits here and talks about two-a-days and people being soft, do you ever just want to turn around and look at them and be like, hey, dude, you get out there and do it. You want to talk about two-a-days in the NFL? Yeah. You want to you put these pads? Do you ever have the urge to just be like, these. all right, man, oh. here you go. Lace them up. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I had one guy, he, he had a drink or two. He got a three-point stay. He's like, come on, let's go, Mahaley. Come on, I, still, I played high school football. I, I got it. Come on, let's go. Three-point stands. You know, Oklahoma drill. Do it right here, right now. Uh, old country boy. He's a neighbor a couple <laughs> doors down. Uh, very well-to-do guy. He just, oh, his son plays football. So he, he, I talked to his son. He wants to live his football dreams. But no, I, I, I absolutely do say to him in a, in a nice, uh, semi-cordial way, that 
I don't think you'd survive a day in just one of days. Uh, um, so <laughs> I know you think we're soft. We're not doing two days of stuff. But the reasoning behind it, you know, behind head injuries and CTE and you know, just allowing us to um, not destroy our bodies so much. But I feel like you know there is – yeah, it has a point to it. But there's a reason behind the moving of the NFL to a softer place. Because uh, they see how they're 60, 70 year old guys and they see how the yeah. life expectancy of an NFL player is 10 years less, at least from the from from you. So you're going to live about 10 years longer than me, you know, five, seven, <laughs> 10 years longer, because we just I go through not. so much punishment that it uh, affects uh, not just our brains, our, our organs, our muscles, our tendons, our ligaments, our bodies, yeah, our, it's, it's the know, car interior you know, stuff. It's it's affecting us in ways to where little small things uh, end up taking us out. I'm like, well, dang, I, I want to be around for my grandkids. I, I want so I, I respect the fact that they're doing a couple things here and there, but it's hard for the average fan to watch when they see their beloved violent blood sport turn into something that's more, um, you know, it's less rough around the edges. You know, you don't see the clothesline steel curtain uh, days where guys. <laughs> Are getting flipped over, and the you know the old school Ray Lewis hits where you know yeah. wide receivers come across the middle. You're knocking them out before they even you know get a chance. To, oh, it was just you just got knocked out. I, it was <laughs> it was a different time back then, and, and I, I know that there are people who long for that, but uh, it's it's not coming back. But for for the Falcons, uh, again, they they showed a little bit of moxie today in some of their big hits. But if it didn't end up with a W, I don't care if it's a pretty loss, it's still a loss. I don't care if it's an ugly win, it's still a win. And the ugly wins yeah. still feel amazing because they're Ws. I'd rather take an ugly win right now because this loss just it irritates me. It bothers me because <laughs> I feel like, much like the Washington football team, we should have won this one. Yeah, but they didn't. And, and that's the ultimate yep. uh, important thing. And... It sounds like though you're you're kind of high on the defensive performance. Do you want to talk about that uh, a little bit more? I mean, it, it, I thought uh, Deion no, Jones and, and Foyer played well. No. AJ Terrell seems like played well, but but I mean, no, no, no. no. I, I'm I'm not high on the defensive performance because they let a Sam Darnold, who's been sliding and who got benched. I mean, we <laughs> talked about how this man's psyche's got to be shambled because he got benched. Yeah. And he's come out there just slinging it, just you know, throwing it to whoever he wants to, whenever he wants to. I um, our defense is going to keep on holding us back. It's going to keep on holding us back year after year. And uh, though the, the, again, the big hits gave me some uh, us some excitement. They're not stopping these teams when they should. They had a little bit of a bend but don't break. You know, cause yeah. a couple of field goals early on. But when they need to get get off the field on third down, that they couldn't. Uh, as far as the run. Defense uh, goes. I'm not impressed. I am consistently not impressed. Uh, uh, our guys being able to stop the run, and we keep on having like no name running backs uh, become Hall of Famers. They're, they're all stars. You hear about them like these guys are the second coming of Barry Sanders and Emmett Smith's love child. Like they're yeah. running through us. I'm like they're average. They're above average. <laughs> they're, they're they're slightly good, and we make them look like the best of the best. Always, and I'm just tired of it. I want us to have that shutdown defense. You know, what's wrong with us having a shutout? You know, I I don't know when the last time we had a shutout even was. 
Um, but it, it just oh, doesn't I, seem like our defense is r- ready to be dominant. What, uh, as a fullback, I'm, I'm curious, what makes a dominant run defense? Like at, when you're going to block a, a defensive li- a linebacker, presumably, or, or whatever, like what, what would a defense do where you would be like, oh shit, like they're, they're doing this, they're going to ex- like just blow up this yeah. play. What, well, what, I mean, what, what was that? What would a defense do? We, we play some dominant uh, run defenses to where even though I'm as confident as they come in my abilities when I was playing ball and, you know, the, the all pro stuff wasn't just in name. I felt like I was the best damn fullback <laughs> in the NFC, in, shoot, in the NFL. And so I, I walked up to the line, put my, foot, my, my fingers in the ground and dug my feet, you know, into that dirt and fully expected to blast off into the direction of something that I was going to just destroy. But still, if I can't get to that linebacker, then it means nothing. And there are so many times where great defenses and great defensive schemes and just talented players were married together, and it was an unstoppable defense to where we had to do uh, play action. We had to just try to establish a run and then play action this, play action that, or stay in the air because we could not move these guys. Um, uh, I mean, the, the Giants, the Giants uh, defense that beat uh, Eli yeah. Manning, I mean, uh, that beat um, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Uh, that was yep. one of them. I, I remember playing against, I remember playing against uh, uh, Michael Strahan and OCU and Yora and, and um, the, uh, Justin Tuck and they had Jason Pierre Paul. I, those guys, I mean, how do you have so God. much dang talent on? Oh, how do you pay all these guys? How do you have so line. much talent on a defensive line? It's, it's, it's unheard of. Yeah. And, you know, their linebackers were good, their defensive backs were good, and we just couldn't run the ball. They were, um, they were uh, hitting the gaps. Oh, my gosh. These guys were not only uh, physically gifted, but they were so smart. They were so good with their technique, and they had somebody dialing up some great plays that were able to always you know, be a step ahead of the offense. So if the Falcons could turn into that, first of all, we got we to gotta find the talent you know, outside of uh, um, you know, Grady, Dion, yeah. and Foyer. Um, again, I, Foyer's – show me every single game that he deserves to be in that, um, you know, top linebacker conversation. And he's going to get paid. And I'm happy for my uh, my African brother to uh, get there. Yep. But we need um rest of the guys to step up because we're not scaring anybody on the run defense. I'm not scaring anybody on the defensive side. And we haven't for a long, long time. And that bothers me. A.J. Terrell, I think, played really well again uh, today. I, I know his matchup against... DJ Moore was was kind of a big one, but um, really didn't allow many catches, made some good open field tackles. But you're completely right. I mean, this is still not a defense. There's there are some good players there, but you look on any given play, it's it's Dion or Foye making a tackle and it's usually five yards kind of past the line of scrimmage and it's uh, a run play. And you're like, all right, cool. But that's now it's second and five or it's third and one because they just picked up a five yep. yard gain on, on second and six. And it's like, what the heck? Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like we don't really need to spend too, too much on this game because it was just such a, a blah game. I mean, Matt Ryan threw two interceptions. Yeah. They were bad interceptions. I, I mean, I was there in person. Yep. It, the first one, I don't think he saw Shaq Thompson. I just, I don't think he really, I think he was just looking at the receiver. Didn't even see him in the zone. Good interception. 
The second one, I think he was just trying to force something in there, Kyle Pitts, and didn't make a good throw, and it got picked off. I mean, what have you. But they couldn't do anything offensively. So I, I nope. hope that they can get... If I hope Calvin Ridley can return to this team. If he can't, I hope Arthur Smith is able to figure out kind of a new dynamic for this offense without Calvin Ridley um, so that they're able to be a little bit more effective because they were very clearly run heavy today and they were somewhat effective, but not nearly dominant. And if you're going to be a run heavy offense, you got to be dominant to like really win the game offensively. Um, You know what? Go speak on it. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of dominant, um, I, yeah, speaking of dominant, I, I just really feel like they have to have a dominant tailback. Uh, Cordero Patterson and Mike Davis mm-hmm. going back and forth and, you know, evenly, almost evenly down the middle, splitting the carries and the production. It it's, doesn't allow one of them to really get into the rhythm and get into that zone to where you're hitting a three, a five, you know, a 15, uh, you know, yep. a three, a four. Uh, a 25 yard, you know, a, a seven, a, a four, a touchdown. And I, I feel like, I mean, the, Mike Davis is not going quietly into that night. He's still showing that, you know, this is why you brought me here. I still have talent and made some impressive plays, but Cordero Patterson has, uh, has that only experience, but he has a resume uh, of yeah. juking people, running hard, put his head down. And I'm like, until he shows you that he can't do it, maybe they just want to use him for as a receiver or, kind of need to now with Ridley out, but I, I would love to see them allow someone to take the reins and just run with it. Cause I, um, we need our running game to be uh, it's best uh, with, with Matt Ryan, not having all the weapons he's had before our run game can really be something that's dangerous. We can use that to set up our pass game and to deal with um, a, a young group of, I won't say superstars, but a capable receivers um, that can win games if we play our, our cards right. Yes. <coughs> I, mean, I, I think that they, it was very clear. They were just keying in on Kyle Pitts today. I mean, they knew that oh, yeah. that was the only, the only threat Atlanta had through the air. Uh, the Falcons were able to run the ball somewhat effectively. Um, but again, it, it wasn't enough to be, really imposing on on Carolina's defense to dictate what they had to do defensively to then open up Atlanta's passing game and they were it was very very predictable what Atlanta wanted to do when they wanted to do it and Carolina's defense is good enough to take advantage of that it's it's kind of why I was a little bit worried about this game I just thought thought Atlanta would come in a little bit sluggish and and Carolina's better I think than than people than the perception of this team is um yeah all right real quick before we get out of here, the uh, so now the Falcons are in last place in the NFC South. Unfortunately, <laughs> the, the Panthers Ooh. are in third. The yeah. I believe uh, is Tampa. Are they still in first <clears throat> because of they lost today to Ooh. New Orleans? Um, but I believe they're still in first by a half game. If if I just am doing the math right off the top of my head correctly. Yeah. Um, yes, they are in first by a half game, but the Saints make things interesting because it was Trevor Simeon who came into that game for an injured Jameis Winston and led the Saints to a victory over Tom Brady and the defending Super Bowl champion 
Buccaneers. Wait, uh, it remains to be Trevor seen whether Tom Brady. Yeah, Trevor Simeon came in, man. He right. just chucking it around the yard, right? The the man who uh, <clears throat> who they benched. Uh, oh God, why am I totally yep, yep. Uh, Tyrod 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 Taylor? <laughs> who they benched uh, Tyrod Taylor for, and then he blew the Bills like. Just awesome regular season streak that Trevor Simeon came in and beat Tom Brady. We don't know if Jameis Winston's going to be back next week to play Atlanta. So the Falcons could be facing Trevor Simeon. I'm very confident that Trevor Simeon will have the best game of his career against uh, the Atlanta Falcons next week. Uh, what say you, oh, yeah. Mahaley? <laughs> oh, you know, fool me uh, once, shame on me. Fool me twice. Wait, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. They're not fooling me again. <laughs> um, this Falcons team has a lot of holes. It has a lot, uh, a long way to go. Um, the fan in me was ignoring what you were seeing and others were seeing that eh, it's the Jaguars or it's this team. Like we were having, you know, decent games, but it's against like the worst of the worst of the NFL, and we're yep. struggling to beat these teams and. You know, even we show good things against these teams, it's not great. But uh, I, I feel like we are going to have a long season ahead of us. We're going to win some games we shouldn't. We're going to lose a lot of games that we should win. Um, and it's going to be a process to where maybe next year we can sneak into the playoffs. But get that out of your mind for this year. It's not happening this year. Uh, like you mentioned, I had 10-7. and seven. Um, You're probably more correct with the 7-10 and 10 of our final score this year. I just feel like it's going to be um, something that is going to take uh, Terry Fontenot uh, a chance to bring more talent in here because you can have a great scheme to help try and cover cover up your lack of talent, but eventually they're going to see that our guys are just physically better than your guys. And that's where it is with a lot of the matchups with the Falcons. Yeah, and I mean, I think uh, like just honestly something that I've had internally that I, for many reasons, couldn't kind of like vocalize uh, externally, but have felt over the past couple of years. At some point, like, I, I mean, a winning culture has to start internally with with the players in the locker room. And and it has to come down yeah. to the mindset that yeah. these guys have on the field in games that they should win and games when they are are feeling themselves a little bit and it's okay. Are you disciplined enough to come out here and actually beat the team that you should beat when you're getting the praise that you deserve to get? And it's like, you can have one and the other and one you can separate from the mindset of the other. And I, I just feel like some of these players on this roster have always had an issue with that. The times that they actually start building the, the momentum and the praise that they have rightfully earned, they waste it because they let that get to them. And then they yeah. just, don't come out as sharp as they need to and they drop the game that they shouldn't drop. And it's like, dude, you, you guys could really start to build something here and you, and you let it slip through your fingers. And that's kind of how I feel um, about today. But next week is, is another opportunity. They got the saints. Yep. There's no yep. better team to bounce back against than than the new Orleans saints. I mean, if there's, if there's any chance for Arthur Smith to kind of grab these guys by the the face mask and say, look, Focus up. We've got this game. We're right back into it. They just knocked out the Super Bowl champs. If we want to beat those guys, we got to get these guys first. Let's go. Um, I expect that to be the message 
But yep. before we get out of here, Ovi, you got anything else before, uh, you know, after a, a, a tough loss? <laughs> um, my my um, <clears throat> parting shots uh, to our wonderful listeners of this great podcast and watchers that we put this on YouTube um, because <laughs> you can't hide this, all this uh, exorbitant handsomeness from the people. But um, uh, my, my last parting shots are that you have to believe what you see. Uh, and, and we have shown yep. that, uh, the Falcons have shown us that they are not ready this year, maybe not even next, to become a playoff contender and for sure not a Super Bowl contender. So um, we keep on trying to only see what we want to see. Don't do it, Falcons fans. This team um, <laughs> has a lot of, and we, we talked about the foundations. They have a lot of foundations to be great, but they um, ha- don't have all the materials or the ingredients to make this work just yet. Absolutely agree. And and spot on. I mean, they have the foundation. There are some pieces. Having somebody like Chris Lindstrom in place, huge. Having, like, it looks like Matt Hennessy and Jalen Mayfield. I mean, I know the offensive line had a rough day today, but those are three young guys on the interior. Build around them. You, Calvin Ridley, yeah. we hope he gets back to the field. That's a great piece. Kyle Pitts, awesome dude to build around. Like Grady Jarrett, AJ Terrell, there are guys in place. It's just, I look at a team like the Buffalo Bills. Three years ago, four years ago, they were planting the seeds of where they are now. And now they are confident. True. They have the talent. Oh. They're tested. You're in your making a run at the Super Bowl. That's where the Falcons should hope to be in 2023, 2024 really tested with this core yep. that they're building right now. That's the goal. Just get better each week. Um, Ovia, I think you are well aware of that. And that's going to be our message for the rest of the season. Just are they getting better? Yep. Are they taking a step back? Yep. Um, but that's the goal for now. Thanks, everybody, for listening <clears throat> to today's episode. Sorry that they didn't get the win. Would have been really nice to get back to uh, on the winning side of things for the first time, I believe, since 2017. Uh, would have been the first time oh, they had a winning it. record, uh, which, man, that's, that's scary. Crazy, um, today, today's episode was presented by Bet Online. You can, of course, find Ovi and I on any of our social media channels. Um, and please like and subscribe. Let everybody know. Um, happy Halloween. It is Halloween. Yep. So for everybody out there. Happy Halloween. Hope you enjoy all the candy and the sugar highs that your children are on. Uh, We'll see you later this week. And as always, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.